and welcome to another episode of the Pet Business Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Eliza, and I am excited on this fine spring day to be here today and excited to help you with your pet business. What's your biggest pet business challenge right now? I'll bet you it's finding, hiring, and keeping employees. You've tried everything, all your old tricks, and nothing seems to be working as well as it did before the pandemic. I'm going to talk to you today about some things that I've been doing in my own pet business to address this hiring challenge and find great people. I'm also going to be coming at you with a dose of reality and talking about some of the trends I'm seeing in job candidates. I'll be keeping it real as always and providing you with a deep view into what a pet business deals with on a regular basis. I think it's going to be an amazing show, so give the dog a bone and the kitty some catnip and let's dive right in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Pet Business Coach Podcast. You'll have to excuse me today. Spring has sprung here in the mountains of North Carolina, where I live. And while I love the season, I don't love the pollen. So I'm a little sniffly today, but we will power through. I really think today's topic is an important one and also a very relevant one in today's market. What's your biggest pet business challenge right now? I'll bet you it's finding, hiring, and keeping employees. You've tried all your old tricks and nothing seems to be working as well as it did before the pandemic. Even your most tried and true methods barely seem to move the needle. You're not alone. Every business, pet and otherwise, is having the same problem. Even if they find people, they're not able to keep them long before the barely out-of-the-gate employees jump to another better opportunity. It's a frustrating and anxious time for business owners. Today, I want to share a little story with you and talk to you, pet business owner to pet business owner, about some of the good, bad, and ugly trends I'm seeing in the hiring market these days and what I'm doing to combat it. My husband hates to spend money, which is okay because I'm a little less frugal. The one thing he enjoys, though, is a biweekly massage. Every other Friday, he goes to a massage therapist and comes home relaxed and happy. He recently called to book his next appointment and had some trouble getting through to the office. When he did reach them, his provider apologized profusely, saying that he had been having a very hard time finding and keeping a receptionist to manage his business, so he had taken on these scheduling duties himself. My incredibly understanding husband wasn't upset with this delay, I, on the other hand, probably would have been mildly annoyed. But what I was really thinking as he relayed the story to me was, thank goodness I'm not alone. Another small business is having the same challenges finding help that I am. Those of you who know me know I'm a tell-it-like-it-is kind of person. I'm generally a positive person, but I'm always straightforward about the good, the bad, and the ugly of being an entrepreneur. I'm an expert at finding solutions to your problems because I've experienced the same problems in my own business. As small business owners, we sometimes feel that we're alone in the boat, rowing our hearts out and getting nowhere. We look at other businesses and, at least on the outside, they appear to have things buttoned up. Things are humming along smoothly, they've got employees, and they're functioning. You can't help but wonder, what's wrong with me and my business? Why am I having these problems? The truth is, you're not alone. 
I have an established pet care business with all the right processes and procedures and a great team. It looks like a well-oiled machine, and it is. But getting there and keeping it that way post-pandemic has been a challenge. I'd like to share with you what I'm seeing these days and dealing with regarding sourcing and hiring employees. Number one, candidates don't show up for interviews and they don't give you any warning. I've been seeing about a 50% NCNS rate. That's my terminology for no call, no show. These candidates get an immediate note added to the database saying DNH, do not hire. Number two, candidates want to reschedule at the last minute for their interviews. This generally happens when I send the candidate a text to confirm our interview the morning of or shortly before the interview time. This tells me that they either A, forgot about the interview, or B, weren't planning on showing up and weren't planning on telling me they weren't going to show up. Number three, candidates ghost you at any point in the process. Most often, this is early in the process, maybe after the first couple of communications, but it can happen later as well. Just last month, I got all the way through the process and made an offer to a woman I thought was a great candidate. We set up her first day of field training on a Tuesday. Monday night, she was communicating back and forth with her trainer to finalize the plans. Tuesday came and she was MIA, missing in action. No notice, nothing. She just never showed up. I left several messages and phone calls to her to ascertain whether she was laying in a ditch somewhere, but she never responded, so I gave up. I never heard back from her. Number four, candidates just don't respond, period. I use a variety of methods to communicate with candidates once they initially apply for the job. I use text, phone, and email. Presumably, They were interested in the job or they wouldn't have applied, so why don't they at least respond? Although I will say the other possibility here is that some states require someone on unemployment to be actively applying for jobs. It is possible that these candidates are just clicking to apply to have the proof they need to be able to continue to get unemployment benefits. After you've been in business for a while and experienced these kinds of people, it's easy to get a pretty jaded view of human nature. Honestly, there are days when I want to give the collective humankind the finger and go hide in a cave somewhere. I did tell you I'd give you the unvarnished truth. But there are other days, more days, that I realize the people on my team are amazing, committed individuals, and I'm grateful for them. The point here is, We all experience this. You are not alone and help is available, even if it's just someone telling you that you're doing a good job. And you are doing a good job. And if you feel like hiding in a cave for a bit, that's okay too. But once you've hidden out for a bit, you can decide to do something different to get something different. So we're going to dive a little deeper into this and talk about what I've found has been working better for me post-pandemic. Let's talk about the job market for a minute. Unemployment levels are at a record low across the country. Literally everyone is hiring. Job seekers have their pick of jobs, and they tend to be driven by the latest shiny object. That is, they job hop from place to place, following the higher wages or the enhanced benefits that many medium to large companies have started offering. 
Add to that, places like Walmart and Amazon are starting new, inexperienced employees out at $20-plus an hour. Most people, including the business owners, don't get into pet care to get rich. Most people care for pets because they generally love what they do. They find great satisfaction in spending time with and nurturing animals. They're caregivers at heart. They need to get paid to make a living, but money is not their only or even their primary motivator. And that's okay. As small business owners, we're never going to be able to compete with places like Walmart or Amazon, and we shouldn't try. So what do you do to attract new employees? I'm going to talk to you about some of the things I started doing post-pandemic to attract talent. Number one, my job posting today looks a lot different than it did before the pandemic. I used to start and end with functional facts. Here's an example of a pre-pandemic job post for me. Part-time pet sitter position during these hours for this amount of money. Requirements are need to have a car, be eligible to work in the U.S., etc. Contact this number or email to apply. That was it. Pretty short and sweet. Very functional. Here's what they sound like post-pandemic. Do you love animals? Do you want a way to earn extra cash while having a flexible schedule? Join us and spend your days playing with puppies and kittens. Here are the amazing benefits we offer. As you can see, the post-pandemic version is a lot sweeter and a lot softer. I still include some functional information, like the area of the job and whether it's part-time or full-time, but very little else. I don't include the pay, the fact that the job involves a lot of driving, or that it's more complicated than playing with puppies all day. My ad is designed to do one thing and one thing only get people to give me their contact information so that I can follow up personally. And that brings me to number two, more phone calls and less email. It used to be that in the steps leading up to the in-person interview, I would communicate with candidates 100% by email. Phone calls really didn't come into the picture until the actual job offer. That morphed over time into a mix of emails and texts as the tech generation entered the job market more and more. Today, however, post-pandemic, I start with phone calls. I immediately call anyone who has applied for a position to present a great picture of my company and the job and to feel them out to see if it seems like a good fit. That phone conversation is followed by email and text communication to move forward with other parts of the process. Candidates today are swimming in a sea of job search-related emails. They barely read them. Reaching out to them by phone seems like a small thing, but it will elevate you above much of your competition. Number three, I've introduced new benefits. I'm not really talking here about health care or insurance benefits for employees. Although, by all means, if this is within your means and you feel it will make a difference, do it. I'm talking here about other benefits that may not cost you as much, but that can make the job more appealing. For example, I introduced a signing bonus. It pays out after six months on the job so that it encourages employees to stay once they've been hired. I also created opportunities for advancement in the company after nine months with us. 
And I also started offering cash bonuses to employees who brought in new clients. Whatever benefits you offer, and you can be creative about this, help make the job more appealing and help make you stand out against other potential opportunities in the market. Number four, I made it easier to go through the sourcing and interviewing process. There are some people out there who will disagree with this approach. They'll tell you that you need to make candidates jump through a bunch of hoops before they ever even talk to a real person in your company. They'll tell you this weeds out the candidates who aren't serious and you don't want anyway. They were right about this before the pandemic. They're wrong about this in today's hiring climate. If you are not able to move people through your interviewing and hiring process at a faster pace, you will lose them. My process involves filling out an application, in some cases a phone screen, an in-person or Zoom interview, a field interview, checking both personal and professional references, and doing a background check. It's thorough, and it's important, but it takes a lot of time. I haven't stopped doing these things as part of my process, but I have relaxed the order in which I do them in favor of personal contact first and indirect contact, meaning paperwork, second. If I can speak directly to a candidate early on in this process, I can set the stage for them and sell the job. Once I've done this, they are more interested and willing to go through some administrative hoops to pursue the job. Number five. I started doing more interviews. The truth is that some, and by some I mean most people, do not know how to write a good resume. They either have trouble with the content, format, punctuation, or all of the above. On paper, they may look a little bit like a train wreck. Okay, not a train wreck, but not good. However, when you speak to them in person, they shine. If you're good at making candidates feel at ease enough to open up during the interview, you find that they have talents that weren't reflected well in their CV. This does take more of your time doing more interviews, but I found it's worth it in this market to not rule out someone simply because their resume is poorly done. And number six, I raised my pay rates. Not a lot. Remember, this is already a very low margin business And I do want to make a profit, but enough to get my foot in the hiring door. Notice I put this one last on the list. This is intentional because I don't believe this is the best answer, and it's definitely not the only answer. Do not try to compete with other businesses on pay. You will lose. Instead, you've got to take advantage of all the things listed above to convince prospective employees that this is the job for them. After all, what we do is fun. Animals are fun. Use that to your advantage. So, as you're wading into the hiring market, keep in mind, if you continue to do the things you've always done to attract talent, chances are you're not going to get what you were getting before the pandemic. Job candidates are likely to look you straight in the face, shrug at what you're offering, and ask, what else have you got? Be ready with the answer to this question, and you'll attract great people. That's our episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, I would love it if you'd leave me a review on whatever platform you're tuning in on. 
And if you're ready to take the plunge and launch your own pet business, or if you feel a bit stagnated and want to take your existing pet business to the next level, then reach out to me for a free strategy planning session at www.thepetbusinesscoach.dog forward slash coaching. That's www.thepetbusinesscoach.dog forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, you always have a choice. Don't forget to choose happiness.